Welcome to Why I Vaccinate, presented by the Franny Strong Foundation and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. I'm Ann Thomas. And I'm Veronica McNally, and we're here today to help parents and schools get our children back to school. We're joined for this segment by a pediatrician, an emergency room physician, a teacher, a parent, and a nurse practitioner. And Veronica, it's going to be a great show. We'll be back right after this. to Why I Vaccinate, presented by the Franny Strong Foundation and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Veronica McNally. And our first guest on the show today is Dr. Lee Benjamin. He's a pediatrician and an emergency room physician with St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor. Dr. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Doctor, start out for our listeners and just talk a little bit about the state of Michigan's emergency rooms during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Sure. Well, during the, the height of the pandemic, a lot of this was new and we've done tremendous learning since then. And our emergency departments across the country were preparing. And uh, fortunately, we were in a, a situation where we were very, very well supported. We were able to provide the care to our patients very safely. Uh, and effectively keeping everyone safe. The emergency departments at that time uh, were primarily full of COVID, uh, to be to be quite honest. Uh, other people tended to stay away, which has led to some, some poor outcomes. And one of the, the clear messages is that we have now learned how we can take care of our COVID patients and our routine patients who require emergency services to make sure everyone gets the care they need in a timely manner. How would you describe the situation now, emergency rooms this summer, right now? now right now, well, it's, it's interesting timing because as we've seen across the country, we've seen peaks with the new Delta variant in COVID, and it's affecting a lot, a lot of people. As a matter of fact, Florida is worse than their previous peak, and we know that they had it bad down there last fall. In Michigan, fortunately, because all of us made sacrifices early on, we really did a wonderful job controlling the spread. We're one of the lowest states as far as, as, far as case counts per our population. But even, that, even despite that, we're now starting to see our cases cropping up. And we know the Delta uh, variant is in our communities. We are seeing more frequent presentations to the emergency department. And in large part, this seems to have become a, a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Um, what we're seeing across the country and locally is that those patients who are sick enough to get hospitalized or enter intensive care units are those who did not receive immunizations. And that's the pattern across the country. Those areas where the vaccination rates have been low for whatever reason, they're seeing the big outbreaks. Those who had more vaccinations early on are seeing less of the outbreak, uh, but it is spreading and uh, we need to do all we can to protect ourselves and to protect our, our providers, our loved ones, our communities. So we can really get control of this. As a pediatrician, what are you seeing with regard to children? Yeah, you know, it, it's scary to be a parent right now. There's so much information. It's really tough to know well, what information should I trust, what should I not trust. Uh, what I would recommend is talk to your doctors. They're the ones who know the science, who know the medicine. And, and there's one fact that I think really people need to appreciate. 96% of doctors across the country are vaccinated. We know the science, we understand the risks, we understand the rewards, we understand it's the best way forward. So what we can do for our kids, first of all, if they are old enough to get the vaccine, 
get vaccinated. If you're not comfortable yet, if you need more information, talk to your doctors. But patients 12 and up can get and should get vaccinated. As far as those younger kids, that's the question. What do we do about those preschool kids? Falls right around the corner, return to school questions are coming. The best thing we can do to help them is for adults and older kids to get the vaccine. Let's control the spread of the disease in the community and then our kids won't be exposed to it as much. So that's one of the main messages, what we can do to, to help our kids because they're smart. They hear us speaking at the dinner table. They see what's around them. <laughs> they're scared too. Uh, we need to do everything we can for them. We certainly are seeing that uh, COVID is affecting kids. And that's one of the myths out there that kids don't get COVID. Well, 20% of the latest outbreak are kids 18 or less. We know that. Uh, the sheer numbers are amazing. The American Academy of Pediatrics reported a couple weeks ago, 72,000 patients across the country, kids, develop COVID. And if you do have a, a poor outcome, even though you're young and healthy, just by the sheer numbers, there are going to be pediatric cases that end up in ICUs. Then we're seeing that. They're coming to our hospitals. They're coming to our intensive care units. This is a dangerous disease for everyone, children included. And doctor, I know my co-host Veronica McNally has some follow-up questions for you. Veronica. Doctor, when those kids present to the emergency room, how are they presenting? Well, fortunately, most of them are presenting with signs of upper respiratory infections, the cough, the runny nose, the fever, some with a lot of body aches, headaches are common. Uh, there are a couple of things with, with the kids that are, are very specific and, and very worrisome. Uh, of course, with all COVID, one of the worst things is, is if it does affect the lungs to the point you can't get oxygen. And these kids come in breathing very heavy. They require a lot of oxygen. They may require extra support and need those intensive care units. We're also seeing, and Detroit was, was uh, a hub of this early on in the disease, a post-infectious inflammatory syndrome that was leading to dangerous heart issues. These patients were commonly in the intensive care units. So we're still on the lookout for that. This, these are patients who do well with their initial COVID infection, as we hope most kids will. And then later on, their body just develops this immunologic response where there's just massive inflammation throughout the body that can be very dangerous. So we know that immunization rates have fallen a bit because parents have not been getting their kids to the pediatrician offices for a variety of reasons during, during this pandemic. What are you seeing in terms of numbers in pediatric patients and your hospitals? Well, there's two things that I think are important to, to recognize here. We have our, our COVID vaccinations, right, which we're now seeing tremendous increases in those adults and older kids getting immunized where there are giant outbreaks. So the southern states where they're having uh, the big outbreaks, we've suddenly seen a return to immunization. So people are learning that this is a dangerous disease. That is the only way to prevent ourselves. So those kids 12 and up are getting Im immunized. Uh, for COVID specifically. But on the flip side, because of the pandemic, patients aren't going to their pediatricians, their trusted medical advisors, their medical home, uh, who really can help guide throughout the pandemic and with general uh, health questions. And what we've seen is there's been a real drop in the rates of routine vaccinations. Uh, and that would be the things that we bring our children into for their two, four, six month vaccines. And then as they get older to prevent diseases and we haven't really seen large outbreaks yet, but we're very fearful that some of these diseases we just don't see are going to come back. For example, 
measles. Measles was a classic disease that affected loads of children, led to pediatric deaths throughout the year. We know that populations that don't get vaccinated for measles tend to have outbreaks. We've seen them over the years, and this can be very, very dangerous. So the message is clear. Yes, we need to take care of our children from a COVID standpoint, do everything to protect them, and get in to see your trusted pediatricians and medical advisors for routine health maintenance also. And when you do need emergency services, please don't delay them because of fear of catching COVID in the hospital. We have our processes very well thought out. We're able to keep patients safe. Early in the pandemic, we were seeing kids with sinus infections that were going to their brains because they couldn't come in, they wouldn't come in and get the care they needed sooner and the, the infections ran rampant. This is across the country. We saw appendicitis cases that came in very late where if they had come in early, the kids would have done much better. So don't delay care to your primary providers, stay healthy. And when you do need emergency services, we are there. Dr. Lee Benjamin, pediatrician and emergency room physician, St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor. We really appreciate the advice today. Thank you. It was great to meet you. Great to talk with you. Thank you, gang. You are listening to Why I Vaccinate. Coming up next, we're going to have some important advice for parents as they get ready to send their kids to school. listening to Why I Vaccinate. Our next guest is Ruth Ann Sutter. She's a parent and the Senior Vice President with the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. It is really nice to have you on the show, Ruth Ann. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Talk a little bit about what the Michigan Health and Hospital Association has been doing to keep families healthy, both before the pandemic and now during the pandemic, Ruthann? Well, the MHA represents hospitals and health systems across our state, and our mission is to advance the health of individuals and communities. And so both before the pandemic and, and during and hopefully uh, after, uh, we've been very focused on making sure our member hospitals and health systems and the communities they serve really have the tools and information they need to live healthy lives. Uh, so we, we advocate for issues that are really important to improve health access and cost and quality. Um, and we, uh, we do a lot of education. And in the pandemic, we've been very focused on making sure that hospitals have the tools they need to be there, to be open 24-7 and providing patient care, both to those who have COVID and those who have other health concerns. Uh, earlier, we heard Dr. Benjamin talking about people delaying care uh, and, and we're seeing a lot of traffic in hospitals now, uh, you know, related to issues that folks have maybe put on the back burner during the pandemic. And so, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of things come to a head right now when it comes to the health of our Michigan residents. Now, what are some of the big priorities that you have for this coming school year as children head back to school pretty soon here? Yeah, you know, I'm seeing some of my friends already heading, uh, you know, their kids heading back to the classroom this week uh, and mine go back in a few weeks, hopefully. Um, and our number one concern is making sure our kids are protected from preventable illness. Um, and we know that there are ways that um, we can prevent things like measles and whooping cough and all those really important things um, through vaccination. And so we are making a big effort this August, which is National uh, Childhood Immunization Awareness Month, 
to really push childhood vaccination. We are uh, you know, running behind when it comes to our rates of childhood vaccines mm-hmm. in Michigan. Thousands of fewer children got their routine vaccines in the last year, uh, and that is putting them at risk and those uh, around them at risk. So we are really urging parents to put this on your back to school checklist, along with getting a backpack and new sneakers and and getting a sports physical, get your kids the vaccines that they need and talk to your physician or your local health department about getting those shots when they go back to school. And Veronica, I know this is something that you are really passionate about. I mean, we can't really say it enough to parents. It's so true. I think, you know, we have appropriately been focused on COVID-19, but we can't forget about the importance of these other vaccines and preventing illness. I know, Ruthann, you you are a mom. What are you thinking about for your kids as they're getting ready to go back to school? You know, uh, I have seven-year-old twins, and we just had a conversation with their pediatrician this summer about making sure that they are up to date on all of their shots. Um, That was a really, really important thing for us to do um, before they head back to the classroom this fall, hopefully. Um, I vaccinate because it is one thing that I can do to protect my kids in a world where there are so many things that I can't protect them from. Um, But but we know that herd immunity and vaccinations are safe and effective uh, and they protect uh, those those kids from you know, illnesses that we don't see very much very often. But if we let them creep back in, they can cause a real threat to our kids. So um, we absolutely get our kids vaccinated um, and uh, make sure that they, that happens before they go back to school. For COVID, are, is your family still uh, doing COVID mitigation measures? Are your kids still wearing masks and and washing their hands more frequently? They are. You know, um, my kids have been out of school since March of 2020 and doing virtual school. Um, And we have a new baby niece in our family. And so we have been very cautious about keeping our kids um, in pods or uh, in quarantine when necessary. They wear masks when we're around others. And we're very vigilant about the hand washing. Um, and I'm really hopeful that we, we get the COVID vaccines approved for kids younger than 12 soon so that they can be protected as well. Uh, but this is not over. The Delta variant is absolutely taking a toll on kids. We are seeing increased pediatric hospitalizations across the state right now. Uh, and th- that's scary as a parent. So Uh, We're doing everything we can to keep them safe. And the best thing I can do as a parent for COVID is to be vaccinated myself, which I am. And that helps my kids stay healthy. You talk to a lot of nurses around the state. And I'm curious as to what they're saying about their conversations about the vaccine for adolescents. You know, the the healthcare providers that we're, we're talking to across the state uh, whether it's nurses or physicians or um, or nurse practitioners, are all very anxious to make sure that um, this vaccine gets to kids as soon as possible. Um, it's you know there are millions and millions of children across the country right now that are at risk because they can't be vaccinated. Um, the studies that they are doing on the COVID vaccines are looking very very promising, very safe and effective, just like in the adult populations. And so I think we'll see strong recommendations from our clinical professionals uh, as that approval comes around, hopefully in the coming months, um, that we'll be able to get our kids under 12 vaccinated soon. That's really fantastic. It is. It's great news. You know, and the funny thing, too, and both of you, I think, would agree with this, is kids are resilient. 
you know, if you tell them they have to wear a mask and they have to get vaccines and you kind of take the lead and show them how it is, it's not the end of the world for them. They will follow your lead. We, it, we have to be leading them. Absolutely. And, you know, my kids have become mask police for us. They <laughs> if they see us going out now, especially back you know, in Ingham County, we have high transmission again. Uh, and so they're saying, Mom, where's your mask? Dad, where's your mask? Uh, and they're really good about it. It's not an inconvenience or a, b a bother to them. They know that it's helping to keep them safe and keep their friends and, and neighbors safe. Um, and we, so we do have to set that really good example for our kids and they'll follow. And, you know, the other thing that I don't think that we can say enough is the vaccination, the vaccine for COVID keeps you out of the hospital. Some people, there are some breakthrough cases, they may get slightly ill, but for the most part, they are not being hospitalized if they've been vaccinated. That is absolutely true. Across the country, um, more than 95% of the people that are vaccinated are not ending up ill or hospitalized. Um, that's, you know, tens and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people. Uh, and the same statistic applies here in Michigan. More than 99% of the people that are vaccinated are not going to die from COVID. Those are very effective numbers for a vaccine. Uh, and we know that it's safe. So it, very simply put, this is the way out of this pandemic um, to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. And Ruth Ann, how are your hospital workers doing? I mean, they have been under tremendous stress. They've worked harder than ever during this pandemic. How are they doing right now? You know, it's been a long 18 months for our healthcare workers. Um, and that doesn't just include our doctors and nurses who have just been doing tremendous work, but our environmental service workers uh, and, and transport individuals who are, are working around the clock in our hospitals. They're, uh, you know, having a hard time and they're burned out and it's been a you know a tough emotional and mental toll they've had to watch their coworkers uh, and their family and friends get sick and hold their hands while their family couldn't be with them you know that's a lot to take in and so one of our big focuses this year at the MHA and with our members going forward is going to be helping our healthcare workers recover um, but the public can help too and that's by not ending up in the hospital with COVID. Uh, the faster we can do that, the faster our healthcare workers that have put everything on the line for our public, they can recover too. Ruth Ann Sutterth, parent and senior vice president at the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. Thank you so much for your time today and for the great advice. Thank you for having me. You are listening to Why I Vaccinate. Coming up next, we are going to talk to a teacher who is on the front lines. She's getting ready to go back to school. We'll be back right after this. listening to Why I Vaccinate. I'm Ann Thomas. I'm here with my co-host Veronica McNally and our next guest is Kathy Murray. She's a psychology teacher with the Port Huron District. It's the Port Huron Northern High School. She also represents over 500 teachers in Port Huron as the union president. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And Veronica, I'm going to let you kick this segment off with Kathy. 
Kathy, it's so great to have you here. I know you have a really unique perspective in that you work with ninth through 12th graders and you've done so during this crazy time in learning. Can you talk about your students and how they did last year and their excitement for return to in-person learning? I think a lot of my students really had an interesting experience. You know, we started back in a hybrid situation. We were full face to face at times. We were completely virtual at times. Um, my students were very excited to get back full face to face at the end of the year. And so I think they're looking forward to this in the coming school year. What about vaccination? There was a, a period of time while they were still in school and the vaccination became available for that adolescent age group. What was the buzz and what have you seen since its release? So I had a lot of students who were very excited about the opportunity to be vaccinated. And I also had the opposite occur. I had students who were not interested in being vaccinated. And I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, if we could just get vaccinated, things would be back to normal sooner. So we'll see what happens this school year. I'm hoping lots more parents have taken opportunities to get their students vaccinated. And as a teacher, what do you what do you tell these parents or these kids who express concern? Well, I always say as a psychology teacher, we look at science, we deal with scientific method. I trust scientists. I trust people who are have worked on this. I mean, we didn't send our students out to create a vaccine. We sent our best and our brightest in, in our community who have higher education to create this vaccine. Um, although I do think we have a lot of students who could have been very valuable in this process, I think that we sent lots of, spent lots of time and money and energy to find a vaccine that would work. You being in the classroom, and you've been in the classroom for a number of years now, how do the kids socialize? Do, do they sit close together? Do, they, do things spread in, in the classroom? Oh, absolutely. Um, we are very fortunate in Port Huron. We have lots of flexible furniture um, and things like that. And so you put them in groups often and you have to work with them. Last year was a unique year. You couldn't do that. You tried to socially distance as much as possible, but it is impossible in classrooms. Our classrooms were built to hold 30 students and not to be socially distanced. They were to be, you know, elbow partners and things like that. And so it is very challenging as an educator to keep kids socially distanced. And you, you've always seen illnesses run through classrooms, whether it's chickenpox or whatever it was prior to a vaccine, you would always see those things, common colds run through the classroom. This is far more dangerous. And I think that really hits home for us, the importance of not only COVID vaccination in this age group, but also making sure they're caught up on all their vaccines as they return to school. And I know you had some questions for Kathy. You know, Kathy, as the union president, what is the temperature of your teachers? How are the teachers feeling about going back to the classroom, about being vaccinated, about wearing masks? So I feel like we're really fortunate in Port Huron. The majority of our teachers are vaccinated. That Yes, I mean, that's not everyone, but I feel like the majority of us took advantage of it. St. Clair County actually did a fantastic job with the rollout for educators. They had an entire um, system put together for vaccinations at the um, RISA or ISD, and it was phenomenal. Any educator who wanted to get vaccinated could, and it was a well-oiled machine. 
Um, I think that we have lots of teachers who are very excited to go back, but you still have many who have compromised immune systems, who have asthma, who have underlying health conditions that have never been an issue before that are now very, very troublesome. They're very, they're, I have teachers who are very worried, educators who are very worried. You know, I think we can all agree that the best thing in the world would be for everyone to get vaccinated and to get these kids back in the classroom. I mean, your expertise is in psychology. You're a psychology teacher. We've been hearing throughout the entire pandemic about how teens are really struggling with their mental health. Can you talk a little bit about that, Kathy? So I've had friends who have student or have children who have been um, have had COVID and it's really challenging for them to get caught up on schoolwork. It's incredibly challenging for them to stay focused on schoolwork. It is um, that brain fog that many people have complained about is real. It's absolutely essential that we get people vaccinated so that things can get back to normal. I had students last year who did struggle because they weren't in class every day. Whether we were hybrid and they were coming every other day, whether we were, vir were virtual, it was really a challenge for a lot of students. Because believe it or not, even though in the age of technology, when students want to be on their cell phones all the time or computers, they actually do want to be interacting with each other as well and their teachers. And so it is challenging to keep kids focused. And when you're sick with COVID, um, as someone who's had COVID prior to vaccines coming out, um, I, I would say it took a long time to recover and it still takes time. It's this fatigue is still there. What's your biggest concern about going back to school in the fall? Like what's, what do you, what keeps you awake at night? So I'm in a unique situation. I have a student who's going to be a child who's going to be entering kindergarten. Oh, wow. And there's no vaccine for our young students. And so as much as I worry about secondary students, I know that they'll keep their masks on if we tell them to about it's modeling. It's about the expectations. But my daughter, who's going to be five in the fall, is going to kindergarten for the first time. And, you know, we went out and we bought cool masks so that she would have them to wear because she doesn't have a vaccine. We also have an infant at home. And so what keeps me up at night is childcare. If by some strange chance, you know, daycare gets shut down or the school gets shut down, what do we do? My spouse is a nurse. What do we do? Because we're both on the front lines. So who's going to take care of our children? And it's also scary to me to think about how many of our students don't live with parents. They live with grandparents. They live with parents or, or parents who have cancer or things like that. Contracting COVID for those students could be deadly for people in their households. And that scares me. That's what's really troubling for me. What would you say to a parent like yourself who is a little bit concerned about sending their child to school just because there are so many unknowns? Uh, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, I think it's really important at this point, you know, you start with your child and you've been working on these things like hand washing and mask wearing. And if they're watching TV right now, put the mask on them. They have time to, you know, it's a 30 minute program, practice with a 30 minute program, you know, Curious George, whatever it may be, put the mask on. Um, and if they're playing video games, the rule is they have to have a mask on. If they're doing things like that, um, 
practice hand washing in between activities with them. Have hand sanitizer available. Make sure they're learning how to wipe down their own desk areas. It's nice that they know all of those items. I would try all of those things with my young children at, at home if I were a parent. Those are great tips. Yeah, they really are great tips. Kathy Murray is a psychology teacher at Port Huron Northern High School and the head of over 500 teachers in Port Huron as the union president. Thank you so much for all of the wonderful tips and for sharing your experience in the classroom with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to Why I Vaccinate. Coming up next, we are going to talk to a nurse practitioner who works with teenagers. So this will be a very interesting conversation. We'll be back right after this. are listening to Why I Vaccinate. I'm Ann Thomas. I'm here with Veronica McNally. And our guest now on Why I Vaccinate is Lynn Lawler. She is a nurse practitioner with Beaumont Teen Health Center. Now that's located inside Romulus High School. And Veronica, I know you've got a lot of questions for Lynn today. I do, Lynn. I'm so happy to have you here. Why don't we start off today by having you tell us about the Beaumont Teen Health Center? What do you do? Oh, sure. So we're a school-based health center. We're right inside Rivalis High School. Beaumont has six different uh, teen health centers. So we basically provide primary care. So um, in a lot of prevention, we also have mental health services. So as part of prevention, Immunizations is a big part of what we do because I think immunizations are probably one of the best preventative measures that we have against serious disease. Do you give the COVID-19 vaccine in your clinic? We do. We just started giving that just uh, within the last month. So we do have COVID vaccine available, which is really exciting. What kind of questions do you get from parents or teens about the vaccine? About COVID specifically, um, I think a lot of it right now, um, I would say most parents are hesitant. They're just not sure about it. Maybe they have gotten it for themselves, but now since it's for their children, it hasn't been out long enough. They're kind of, they're very concerned about possible side effects. Um, you know, what's going to happen long term. You know, they are concerned that maybe this was rushed a little bit too quickly to market. So, and they don't really see COVID as being serious for youth. You know, they think of it as a serious infection more for adults. So we talked to them about it, that we are seeing more COVID infections, you know, with younger people. Um, or if the infection is mild for they themselves, you also always have to think about the impact on people around them. You know, maybe they have um, grandparents or their own parents who are immunocompromised. So if you're not going to do it for your own self, for a 17, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, really think about it for those around you or for those who can't be vaccinated who are even younger. And you obviously have a lot of experience talking as well with parents about other immunizations. What are you seeing in terms of rates for kids in your health center on other immunizations? Are they behind? We have definitely seen a decrease in the immunization rate. I mean, part of that is because kids have not been coming in for their well visits. They haven't been coming in for their physicals because they weren't necessary last year. So that's the time really when you capture them. Also, we weren't seeing a lot of kids coming in for illness. I mean, partly because the kids weren't in school, which is one way they access us very easily. But other illnesses have decreased because of, I think, the masking and the social distancing, you know. Um, 
So that is a big concern because, again, we're afraid that without the protection of the uh, preventative immunizations, we're going to see an increase in serious illnesses that we haven't seen in a long time. So what are you doing to, to be proactive about that as your students return to in-person learning this fall? So every time we see any student, we assess immunization status, whether it's a well visit or it's a sick visit. Just because somebody comes in for a sick visit does not mean they can't get immunized. I mean, if it's a mild illness, you can still receive those vaccines. Also, at any opportunity, if we're getting one vaccine, you double up. With COVID, we can now give other necessary vaccines along with it. We don't have to do them at separate visits. So that is just a really nice thing. We also try to reach out to parents and to families uh, via email, maybe letters, uh, flyers, just to remind them that physicals are necessary, well visits are necessary, uh, vaccines are necessary, and that we are available. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people, they avoided coming into the office for well visits because they were very fearful of maybe contracting COVID and being exposed to it. So we do a lot of reassurance of what we do to keep families safe. And if we can work with that family to reassure them if we need to modify our practice. We are very open to that. You know, if they would rather wait in the car um, and we can come out and talk to them there or do a virtual visit, you know, for part of it, um, we are more than happy. Whatever's going to work to try to get the families in to get them vaccinated. That's really fantastic. I know it's been a challenging year mentally for a lot of our kids. And I know Anne has some questions for you about their mental health. Mm -hmm. Our guest here today on Why I Vaccinate is Lynn Lawler. She's a nurse practitioner with Beaumont Health. And uh, Lynn, Veronica is right. We are hearing an awful lot out there right now about teenagers young adults really struggling with their mental health. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing? We have seen a tremendous increase in the need for mental health. I think it's been very difficult for, for teens, for families as well. You know, they, they've been removed from their peer group. You know, coming to school, I mean, it was not only their peer group for socialization. Sometimes it was just reassurance. It was, uh, you know, contact with the teacher, with trusted adults, maybe, um, you know, food uh, security, because sometimes that can be an issue. So we do have a social worker who's in our clinic, and so she has been quite busy. So we're seeing, I think, an increase in anxiety and depression for these kids. Do you think it would be a smart and good idea to try to get as many kids vaccinated and back in school with their peers in the classroom, Lynn? I absolutely do. I think these kids need to be back in school. And we have a wonderful vaccine. There's been a lot of study on it. I mean, it's been an international collaboration. And I think it is very safe. I mean, there's a small subset who cannot take it if they've had a serious allergic reaction to it. But by and large, it's safe that we can vaccinate our children. And, I, you know, I'm certainly an advocate of that. And I think that would help get people back in to school and to the classes. And, you know, with regard to safety, we have had other doctors on. Dr. Benjamin was on earlier in the show. And on this show, we've had other experts talking about safety. And all of them have said that the number of people that have really serious side effects, children even, they, it just is very, very, very low. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So the risk of side effects from the vaccine is really very low, especially compared to the risks of any side effects from actually getting COVID. And not only that, I mean, you want to protect 
you know, the children and the families and whoever else can't get it. But our healthcare system is really stretched in a lot of different areas. And so whatever we can do to preserve our resources, you know, and getting the preventative vaccines for the routine uh, vaccines that are established as well as COVID is probably one of the best things that we can do for ourselves, our community, our family members. And as our children head back to school, some districts are requiring masks and some are not. Mm -hmm. What is your recommendation? What do you think parents should do with regard to sending children back to school with or without a mask? I'm an advocate for masks at this point. I know that's not always the popular view, you know, for a lot of people. But until everybody really, we have a substantial um, vaccination rate, I think masks are just another tool in our kit to try to keep us safe along with a ha- our hand washing, social distancing, you know, our typical mitigation strategies that we've been using for this past year and a half. And, you know, we talked about this earlier in the show, too. If you work with children this summer and everybody's wearing a mask, it's not that big a deal to them. It's a bigger deal to us. I think children get used to it. And as somebody had said, I mean, kids are resilient. You know, you learn to live with it. So they can be annoyed initially, but, you know, they become part of the routine and you find fun masks, you know, or maybe you dress, decorate them and dress them up and match them with your outfit, you know, and kind of have fun with it. So, you know, it's just kind of part of where we're at right now. Lynn Lawler, nurse practitioner with Beaumont Teen Health Center inside Romulus High School. And we want to make sure we point out that Lynn Lawler is a nurse practitioner with Beaumont Health. We really appreciate your expertise today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It's such an important topic. And you've been listening to Why I Vaccinate, presented by the Franny Strong Foundation and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. I'm Ann Thomas. On behalf of my co-host, Veronica McNally, thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a great day.